we were all trying to grow my social media. Mm-hmm. And my manager said, you know what? You have to find your own brand. You have to find your own style. And I'm like... <laughs> Uh, today I have a guest, Ko Yeet. She is a film and television actress. She's also a barrister at law and a TEDx speaker, among many things. She's very down to earth on social media, which is where I met her. Uh, she works with a lot of brands, um, yeah, kind of I on do. her social media. And yeah. welcome, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank for... you. Hi, hi. Well, that is such a long introduction. Um, <laughs> Actually, I, every single time, every single time people introduce me, like, oh, she is this and that, this and that. I'm like, actually, it's, I, I don't think it's a big deal. Everything was just, it's an accident. Uh, mm. I am a barrister at law because of an accident. Uh, it all started off, long story short, I wanted to be a dentist when I was mm. young because uh you know, when you're young, people would ask you like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, Asian parents, they would do that. And if you say you want to be a doctor, they would bring you, I don't know, ask you to work in their friend's clinic mm-hmm. or bring you for tuition to make sure you do well in math and science. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a dentist. Why? Because I had braces on. And uh, I remember my dad telling me how expensive going to the dentist was. He's like, you better grow up and be a dentist because so that you can earn all the money back. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, that was what he said. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. So I always wanted No pressure. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> you should be a dentist. So, okay. So I never thought of being anything else. Um, but acting was because uh, I didn't dare to go on stage. But then my mom said that as a kid, you have to know how to speak in front of the public. So I was asked to go on stage to do some performance, dancing. And so I was scouted to be an actress. That, and then that just kept on going. And I didn't do well for my science. Uh, I didn't do well for my science subjects. And then my dad was like, oh, no, that's out. There are five more. There's doctor, uh, accountant, engineer, architect, and lawyer. Choose one. I was like, uh, law, law, maybe? And, and I just kept on going. Oh, so you've always wanted to be a lawyer ever since you were young. I never wanted to be a lawyer. I always wanted to be a mother. I just wanted to be a. I, I I never had this big dreams about just I want to be this or I want to be that. Mm. I'm just a sore loser. <laughs> I don't like losing. Mm. I if I want to do something, I try to do my best because mm-hmm. uh, my mom said, um, you know, if you want to do something, do your best. If not, don't waste time. Mm-hmm. Are you competitive? I don't think I'm that competitive as in if you beat me, Mm. go ahead, you beat me. But I'm a sore loser as in if I lose because I know I didn't work hard enough, Mm. uh, then I'll be very upset about it. You're competitive with with yourself. Yeah, 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 maybe. So, yeah, let's talk about your kind of acting career. You started when you were... Like five? Uh, yes, uh, I started when I was five. Right? <laughs> yep, I started when I was five. Uh, I was scouted to do a TV ad uh, because they needed a girl with bangs, with dimples, Chinese Asian girl who know how to smile and who knows how to memorize lines. Because uh, in Malaysia, we speak three languages. We speak Mandarin, English, and Malay. And I could speak all three because I was from a Mandarin school and my parents speak English at home. So we all know how to speak three languages. And I need to know how to describe that cookie in three languages. So I got the role. So it was for like a commercial. It was a commercial. And then it moved on to TV, uh, dramas, and then movies. Mm. So you weren't trying to be an actress. It's kind of just... No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, 
in back in school, I actually didn't tell many of my friends that I was an actress unless um, they were my close friends. Uh, because back at ho- like when I was young, uh, unless you sit in front of TV and you actually, because we didn't have social media then, you have to actually sit and watch then you would know that person's an actress. If you don't sit in front of the TV as much, you just don't know I do commercials. And I don't really tell a lot of people. Uh, some of the teachers would know because I don't think teachers really, they supported me being an actress because they thought that uh, if you're an actress, if you do things that is related to creativity, you're not studious. Mm. You're not supposed to be in the first class. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a, an Asian thing or I think so. <laughs> Is it still thing. like that now? Uh, no, it's a lot different now. Now okay. it's more like um, you have to try. You at least you have to do sports. If you don't do sports, uh, they'll speak to your parents and make sure you go for different activities. But it wasn't like that before. When I was seven or eight, um, I remember. Uh, my teacher, I didn't do very well at math at that particular exam. And my teacher said, um, you know what? If you're not, if you don't really want to study, just just don't study, just go and act. Why are you in class anyway? You were just wasting all our times. And I remember crying and I came back and I told my mom, I said, mom, I'm going to study so hard and I'm going to prove her wrong. I, I'm, I'm like a sore, I, I don't know, ego? <laughs> Ego, I have a big ego. Yeah, yeah. I was like, it's I like a pride. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm like that too. I don't know. I don't know. Really? Is it? Yeah. Is it? Maybe because I'm short. Like I need to prove to people <laughs> that I'm it's here. Like you a, know, look at me. Maybe you know the small dog syndrome. Like small dogs yeah. always bark at the big dogs. <laughs> yeah, I think it's that. I think it's that. I think, but yeah, I'm like that naturally too, and I. I think it has something to do with why I learned everything I learned. But at the mm-hmm. same time, at some point in my life, I realized that that was actually hurting me because I didn't want to attach my ambition to like mm-hmm. um, almost like a revenge, right? Like I'm, I'll show you like, you know, uh. that, that type of thing. And mm-hmm. it never made me happy at the end. So when I said, I'll show you, and then I go achieve something, it wasn't like I feel so fulfilled, like, wow, you know what I mean? But whenever I achieve Why? something... Then where do you get your fulfillment from? Now. <laughs> uh, right. Now I get it from serving other people, helping others. Um, mm-hmm. I, I first kind of... I'll make it short because this is this mm-hmm. episode is all about you. <laughs> but, oh, no, it's okay. I like <laughs> listening to stories. <laughs> I, <laughs> Go ahead. I remember giving like a, like my leftover dinner to this homeless woman who was sleeping on a bench. This was like when I was 19. And mm-hmm. she, I thought she was going to like, she was sleeping. I just put it next to her head and she woke up and I thought she was going to yell at me. She's like, why are you giving me leftover or something like that? But she was actually so grateful. She started eating it right in front of me. And I, I was like almost like in tears. And oh. we had like a 20 minute conversation. I ended up giving her some money and it just felt so good. Was, and that's when I like truly understood the meaning of what people said, like helping others is what makes you happy. And then that led on, on to like me helping my clients. But I think it's because you help from the heart. Some people, they help for the sake of helping. I need to help because I feel, because it may look good. And I think that is when you don't understand the the, the joy of helping. You yeah. never understand it. If you do it, even at the back of your mind, you feel like you have to do it because you should, then that is, that uh, is different. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Mike, I have a client who talks about it. He said he he's met some rich like CEOs who gives away a million dollars and they're they do it for like tax reasons and for PR and things like that yeah and they're like complaining about it right and Mm -hmm. whereas of course you complain about it (laughs) because you don't give it from the heart because you don't feel like giving it yeah Mm -hmm. so let's go back about the money yes okay (laughs) okay 
What so, else do you want to know? So I want the reason why I wanted to have you on is because most people that I talk to, they're like motivational speakers, course creators. They're personal brands, and this show is all about personal brands, which is mm-hmm. kind of my area of expertise. And mm-hmm. they're usually like that <laughs> type. But when but, I look at, I don't know anything about personal branding. But I, I think I, actresses mm-hmm. are like the ultimate personal brand, in my opinion, because. Really? Actors don't have to, like celebrities, like actors, musicians, they don't Mm -hmm. actually brand themselves, like how kind of the personal brands that I think of do. Mm -hmm. But it automatically becomes, because if you're an actor, Mm -hmm. you are the brand, right? I think I I don't try to define myself. Every single time people ask me like, oh, uh, so are you an actress or are you a lawyer? And then I'm like, I- I'm both. I- then they'll say, choose one. Then I was like, I, I don't know. I, don't- I-, I can't choose one. I- just call me my name then. Just don't, 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 don't put anything beneath my Labels. name. Just call you will do. Yeah, I don't like to be labeled. Like, honestly, uh, this personal brand thing came up a couple of months ago, I think uh, we were trying to grow me, my manager, we all sat down, we were all trying to grow my social media. Mm-hmm. And my manager said, you know what, you have to find your own brand, you have to find your own style. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to do that. Because this thing is just me, my Instagram, my social media is just me. I don't really like fashion. But I kind of like it too. I don't really like skincare, but I kind of understand a little <laughs> bit. I don't like, com- I'm not full on comedy, but mm. I'm kind of goofy. I have my fun moments too. How, why do you want me to be someone just because everyone has to be defined by something? And I think if you want to say actress, yes. I'm an actress, but I can't put it on social media. And, you know, this social media posting, I'm crying. That social media posting, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing or teaching people mm. how to act. It, it, actress is a, yeah, it's a person, but I can't show it on social media. But nowadays you have to kind of show it to people that you are, you are a fashion like for, designer. Like for... Mm-hmm people to hire you like as a like so that like people will cast you as an actress or mm-hmm. like so for mm-hmm. commercial reasons that too so um yeah sorry but i, I, I actually love real. that you're so one of the things that i found very interesting about your instagram which is where mm-hmm. i first met you is mm-hmm. when i look at other actresses especially like the asian actresses mm-hmm. like they have their whole, like, you know, they have their magazine covers, they have their, like, you know, red carpet moments and all Mm -hmm. of those, like, actress kind of things, right? But then in your profile, you show a lot of yourself, like your personal life, even when you um, are talking about beauty products or something like that, Mm -hmm. you, it's, it feels behind the scenes, right? Uh, Because, why? Uh, Well, Cause I feel like if, I don't know, if you want to spend time watching my ads, I want to make your time worthwhile. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want you to watch something where I'm just like, you know, this is the best thing in the world. And whatever the clients say, this is, what's the point? Mm-hmm. If, and if I don't, cause if I watch contents like that from other people, I, I won't buy it just because you say it's good. But if you are relatable, mm-hmm. uh, I would trust you. I think it's about building the trust. And if I show you about, of course, it's social media. I don't show you, I don't air my dirty laundry and then show you everything that is going on at home. I'll show you my life and I'll tell you it's like this and it's like that. But the fact that I'm putting my life out on social media uh, I have to be very careful with my feelings. And of course, I'm going to get a t- 
tons of hate mails, hate messages saying, oh, you shouldn't treat your mom like that. You shouldn't touch your dog like so. But again, but this is my life. If you want to judge, uh, up to you. And so there are actresses all over the world. You know how their lives are like, but you don't know what's like behind. And why do I need to put myself on the pedestal and say, you know what, because I'm an actress, I'm different from all of you. I'm the same. I'm like you guys. I just stand in front of the camera for a living. Uh, so I don't see the need to show off. Um, but that is a personal brand. I, so I do, way- I do. I, I did, like, when I, if I have a red carpet, I'm like, yeah, this is how the red yeah. carpet is like. <laughs> and I'm going to be really honest with how long I spend to look like this. I don't look like this 24-7. I look like shit when I wake up, just like everyone else. <laughs> but then we spend three hours just just to make ourselves look good. Um, I think it also comes from, oh my God, I've never talked about this before. Uh, Malaysia's media don't know about this, but um, <laughs> I'm just telling you whatever. <laughs> I had a history of eating disorder. And uh, I think and it was a long history of eating disorder. It's eight years of eating disorder. It all started from me getting into the acting scene since I was young. And everyone said, because I'm not tall. And if I'm not tall, I can't be too fat. Because on Mm. screen, Asian, we have very flat features. Mm. We don't have the very chiseled jaw and everything. You have to look skinny. Um, I was asked to lose weight. I was asked to work out every single day. Mm. And then I, I started eating a lot because I was, I was stressed about school. And I also did a lot of sports back in high school. Because uh, when we do sports, we have to eat. And I'm worried about eating. So I binge and I purge. Mm. And it was a long history of eight years. I had to go see the doctors. I had my own psychiatrist. It was bad. And I was just going down a rabbit hole and everyone around me, my friends, they were like, oh, you're so amazing. You went and see this actor. You saw that actor. Uh, Your dress was gorgeous, but no one knew. I starved myself for three days just to fit into that dress. No one knew. And I thought, why do I? And now the fact that I grew up, I don't want young girls to go through what I went through. It was bad. I went, I didn't feel, I didn't feel beautiful. I don't feel valued. I don't feel, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm worth it. So I don't want people to think I am who I am today just because I'm lucky. I'm not, there was a lot of hard work involved and I'm not, I'm not extra beautiful. I'm not special. I'm just like everyone else, but I just put a lot of hard work into it. Yeah. So I Thank think you so much for sharing that. I, I think, oh, um, no. <laughs> I, I actually think this is how you, if you want, cause I work with a lot of, um, personal brands in the self-help space. Mm-hmm. That's how you kind of change the world, right? Like you, if you want, don't want other girls to feel that way by sharing your story, you're actually empowering them. Cause I'm sure there are a lot of girls out there or guys that are going through the same thing that you went through. Of course. Um, so can I ask you how, how did you overcome? What was like the moment you overcame that and mm. what work did you do to kind of get out of that? It was a eight-year journey, mm. and it only stopped when I met a friend, and my friend sat me down for twenty-one days. So that the routine is—I I don't know whether this is interesting—but um, the routine was this: um, every single day after I eat, I get so guilty about food. I'll go to the toilet and I purge. Mm. Uh, but then, so my friend found out. Every single day after dinner, she would sit me down and she would tell me, she would start talking to me. We'd talk about food or whatever, work, studies. And it was 
21 days straight. And after that, I just didn't feel like purging anymore. I didn't feel, don't get me wrong, the thoughts of, oh gosh, I want to eat. I want to just eat three pizzas straight away. I just want to eat that whole tub of ice cream. That thought will, will never go away. Oh, I feel fat. Oh, I don't feel beautiful enough. It will never go away. It's going to always be there. But you have to stop that from, it's the actions. The thoughts will never go, but you have to really, really stop yourself from going for the food. And Mm. after 21 days, I built a habit. I kind of, there was something that clicked that could stop me from going more, like going for the food or going to the toilet. Uh, and with that 21 day habit thing, um, I tried it with everything else, with working out, with reading. I, I used to have a bad habit of picking up a book and reading halfway through and I stopped and I made myself do it every single day for 21 days, just to read half an hour a day. And it worked. Uh, I'm not sh- I, I, it wasn't something that I read online. It's something that I tried. I heard about this 21 day theory or what a 30 day or 120 day theory somewhere. <laughs> I don't know, but it's something that I did and it worked. It clicked for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I I think they say like you need to do something for 40 days straight or something for it to become a habit. Mm -hmm. But I think there's something more than that. Maybe your friend had a lot to do with it because a lot of um, addictive, because I consider that kind of also a sort of an addiction. I've, I've read about it. And a lot of uh, these type of behaviors comes from like something that's missing in your life, right? And as soon as that void is filled, it automatically, like people that um, are, have eating disorders or people that have, you know, like <clears throat> are like addicted to drugs or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's not the, that thing that they're addicted to, but it's mm-hmm. that there's it's this the void. Food. Yeah. The feeling. So I think I was very lonely at that time. I wasn't happy, but no one knew I wasn't happy. Everyone thought that, oh, because my life was so great. I was, I was acting in films. I was studying overseas. I must be very happy. And I, I needed a warm hug, I think. And mm-hmm. at that time, food made me feel mm-hmm. very homely and someone was hugging me because I was so full. And I was so warm after a hot soup and tons of pizza, mm. for an example. And I think because my friend was there, there was a, there was someone mm. who cared. I think that was that was the warmth yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, of course. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been able to do it alone for 21 days. Definitely not. So, <clears throat> can you tell me like why? So you are already kind of uh, acting, and yes. when you went to law school is that correct mm-hmm. yes so what made you want to do that like you did you not want to act anymore or? uh so with law school i honestly it was because i didn't see i didn't feel like acting was something that i was going to be able to do for the rest of my life um we spoke about this before uh um about me being very realistic with myself. I would go in front of the mirror and I would ask myself, do, would I be able to do this and be the best at it in Malaysia? You know, mm-hmm. sore loser. I would evaluate myself whether I'm pretty enough. Actress, you have to be pretty, you have to be tall, you have to really know how to act. But I'm not that pretty. I'm okay. I'm not tall. I don't have... Uh, crazy connections and to act everyone can act you can act you just need to know the skills that for example if you want to cry there's some techniques to cry so it's not something that difficult as long as you put a hard work into it you can do it so and I'm a girl as an Asian girl in Malaysia we have a lifespan for acting uh if you reach your 30s and you start to have kids and you start to age, I'm not sure. In Hollywood, it's different. 
in Hollywood, there is Meryl Streep. You can act even though you're old. But in yeah, Asia, it's, yeah. it's, it's not a thing. Yeah. yeah. If you are old, if you're an ajuma, that's yeah. it. That's, <laughs> you're done. You're done. You won't get the. You won't get the. You won't get the key roles, roles like your yeah, main roles. Yes, yeah. You won't. You won't. And when you don't get the main roles, you won't. But do get you think that's going to change? Do you think that'll change? I hope it would change, but it's going to take a long time. Mm. It's not going to be as fast. It's going to take a long time. Yeah. This sexist thing in Asian countries is still a thing. Actually, you're right. Yeah. yeah. For males, I think there are older actors that. Yes, of course. That, that still get and ma- male actors do get paid a lot more. That's mm-hmm. a long story. It, they still do get paid a lot more. Just, I don't know. I think that's the same here. <laughs> oh, really? Think, yeah. But, in America um, as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, probably not as um, serious as like in Asia. Mm-hmm. But like whenever I look up like, you know, how, how much money some actor made for a movie, like the, the actor is always higher than the actress. Yeah, for sure. So and then, that's the yeah. reason why you went to law school as like, uh, I, like a backup. Yeah. It was a backup plan. Initially, it was a backup plan. So I was just planning to do three years of law school and that's it. Come back, continue to act. Because my passion was acting. It was always acting. I love being on stage. I love playing different roles. But then um, after that, after finishing law school, I came back for a year. I took a break. I went to Taiwan. I did a film. And then I felt like it's halfway through. I, if I do everything halfway, I'm not going to succeed at both. So I took another two years break. I did the bar school and then I came back and I'm like, okay, if acting doesn't work out, at least I have, I can work in the law firm. I can support myself. Um, so I think it's not about, you can do many things, but it's not about doing everything and not, doing it enough or how should I put it you should do you can try out if you want to be a lawyer you want to be an actress do it go ahead but instead of just learning halfway try to finish it try to finish the journey and persevere through um and not be called jack of all trades master of none I think it's a very sensitive thing I don't like being called that too and I think that (laughs) that is why I was like you know what since I'm studying, I just go all in. I did take a couple of years off. Uh, a lot of people asked me whether I was worried that when I came back, I wouldn't be able to um, find acting gigs anymore because I was gone for four years. But, and then I asked them, I was like, are you a fortune teller? <laughs> you wouldn't know, see? Mm-hmm. When I came back, I had so many more acting gigs. Well, I'm lucky for sure. I'm blessed. I would say I'm blessed. But because they would assume, oh, you are an actor uh, because you are a lawyer. Uh, it, that when I got my uh, bar school license and I came back, because I pe- appeared in a lot of uh, newspapers and magazines, I got my acting jobs back easily. Mm-hmm. But people would also respect you because they know that when you do something, you will do your best. So they would hire you for acting mm-hmm. gigs or hire you for other things too. Mm-hmm. Don't assume that when you, you know, you leave this to do other things, you'll never be able to come back yeah. to it. You, you can't predict. You never know. Yeah. If I came back and I lost all my acting gigs, it's okay. I have my law degree. And people mm-hmm. in the law firms would know I used to be an actress and I acted very well. So if I acted very well, I must have pretty good PR skills. I must know how to win people's attentions. I would definitely do very well in conference or meetings too. So there are skills that that you can transfer around. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Like, is there anything that you learned in law school um, that transfer over to like acting that actually helped you? (laughs) Uh, Yes, 100%. Um, when you learn something um, and you move on to learn something new, there's always skills that you that is transferable. 
uh, I remember doing my conference exams. So, so we had cross-examination exams, conference exams where we have to meet fake clients, actor clients that come in and we have our teachers who act like judges and they mm-hmm. judge us based on our performance. As a barrister, because I was studying to be a barrister, as a barrister, you have to stand up straight. You have to exude this confidence. You have to speak with passion. You have to speak with, with, with conviction. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to be a lawyer. I don't know how to stand. I don't, I don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know which. You know how lawyers speak when they speak certain words, you have to pause. And then you mm-hmm. have to kind of like uh, focus on certain, certain words, for an example. And I, it's almost I like know. acting. It, it was almost like, <laughs> but as a student, I didn't know. Mm. I didn't know how to speak to my opponent. I didn't know how to speak to the witness, for an example. And I read my script. I memorized the whole thing. I memorized it like a, like a script. And I was like, you know what? Actually, I could move my acting skills in. And you know how you go up to someone, you look at someone in the eyes mm. and you stop and that is, is dramatized in mm. on TV, but in real life, it's all the same. And on TV, you would say, okay, I would stare at this person, so this person would be intimidated. And mm. I did the same thing mm. for law school as well. And my teacher said I was the best that day. <laughs> I was this Asian girl who didn't know how to even express myself well. <laughs> And she said I was the best because I had pauses and I know how to eye the person. I was like, oh, that, that's mm. just pretending. I was mm. freaky. I was so scared. I was freaking out. Mm. But because I know that when you act, it's like that. So if you bring it to real life, it's about the same. Mm. The pauses, the way I stand, mm. the, the footsteps I took. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's acting. Yeah, you, it's, it's <coughs> pretend. you talked about that in your TED Talk. And I, that yes, was like... I yeah, I 100% believe that because mm-hmm. that's how I, I, I had so many different passions and different things growing up. And mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. I've, did, it, I've done design. All about, yeah. mm-hmm. It's all about transferable skills, right? Yeah. And yeah. I feel like most people don't think that way. They, they do this and then they move on to this and that this is gone now. And they're... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I feel like when people, uh, I have friends uh, when, where they say, you know what, I'm learning how to play the piano, uh, but because I'm learning how to play the piano, I cannot learn how to play the violin. I have mm. to complete grade eight before I can move on to the violin. But it doesn't really make sense. It's, mm. it's the same thing. Okay, let's move on from you. Let's, let's talk about something else. Mm. Let's talk about, uh, okay, I am a painter, for an example. And if I'm a painter, I cannot learn how to sing. I need to mm. complete my course as a painter before I move on as a singer. But it's actually the same thing. It's expression. Mm. It's mm. your emotions, how you mm. pour your emotions out. But people just, I don't know, they segregate yeah. things that yeah. they want to learn into milestones. And it's like, oh, when I grow up, I want to do this. But, but you yeah, never yeah. grow up. Yeah. It's a constant thing. You, you never complete learning your, your, your learning journey to learn how to... It, it's a journey. It's you a constant finish. journey. Yeah. yeah. It's not, I complete my classes. <laughs> That's why I, I move on. It's not that. I loved your TED Talk because it's... If, if you have that mentality, I feel like that's, that's kind of a superpower because... I'll give you an even better example, right? So mm-hmm. I've never been on Instagram. I never really did social media until okay. COVID happened. And okay. when I started, um, I was able to really capture people's attention. Not because like, but if I went in thinking like, oh, I'm new to this, I'm, I'm just going to like learn, blah, 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 blah. But what I did was I combined all of my, I was a, uh, I went to film school, so I learned how to like do screenwriting. So I learned storytelling there. And then I wow. was a designer, so I okay. learned design. And I was a copywriter. And I combined all of those things. That is why your captions are so good. <laughs> when I first saw your captions, I was like, wow, it, it hits the spot. 
and not everyone can do that. I can't do that. My captions are long. And when you finish everything, you forgot the first thing, what I, what I wanted to say. And your <laughs> captions are so good. And it, you, that's why you stand out. I'm not, oh, I'm not you. kissing your ass yet. This is <laughs> for real. Yeah, for and real. I think it's, it's okay. combining all of your skills, not like mm-hmm. segregating it. Mm-hmm. But knowing that you can combine storytelling with copywriting and even I use a lot of design like simple design mm-hmm. to tell stories, mm-hmm. to, to support the story. And mm-hmm. just combining it all, I think is where the power comes. And that's why I personally think the best musicians are like the ones that are singer songwriters. They, mm-hmm. they write their own music, they write their own song and they perform it too, because yeah. there's some magic in that. Yeah. yeah. Because if they're just a singer, they, they don't know the, the, the essence of the song or the essence of the of or why that song was made that way. Exactly, and, like the emotion. And, yeah. Yeah. I um there is this famous Hong Kong actor. He's a comedian. Oh, Ken Jong. Ken, oh, Ken yeah. Jong is, is, is yeah, he's also a dentist, right? But we have someone <laughs> in, in Hong Kong as well. He's a doctor uh-huh. and he's an actor, and he is so good. I don't know, maybe because he's seen people suffer and he knows how to yeah. put that into his comedy. I'm not sure, but it's his acting, his comedy is so full because of his life experiences mm-hmm. and because of of his his yeah. the way he knows how to skill transfer. It mm-hmm. nothing is new under the sun, yeah. you know? Yeah. Everything is something that you have known before and you just you would be able to to just move things around and learn new things. And that's actually, it brings me back to like personal branding. So that's what I love about your Instagram is that if you were just doing like beauty stuff, like mm-hmm. I probably would not care, right? I'm like, uh, like this is boring. <laughs> but, but there are people who like it too. Yeah, exactly. Each their own. Yeah. yeah. You, you find your own community, you find your own niche and then you just focus on it and you just, do it well. But I'm following you and I'm watching your content because of you. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not the thing that yeah. you do is the reason why I'm following you. And I'm sure this mm-hmm. is probably the same for all of your followers. They're following you because like, of you, your personality. Personality. Yeah, exactly. But it's okay. Thank, thank, thank you. <laughs> and that's the brand. Your personality is the brand. So I talk about this a lot with people. Um, Mm -hmm. I try to find people's superpower, right? Because that's their strength. And I try Mm -hmm. to tell them to use their strength. And for me, and the way I do this is like, why do people come to you for advice, right? For example, for me, people come to me when they just want to hear the truth. They want to hear it as it is. No, no fluff, no, (laughs) no empathy. Like Uh not a lot of like, oh, you'll be all Uh right, right? Like I just give to them straight, right? Uh And Mm -hmm. And I do it in a passionate way. Like I re- truly care about that person, right? I'm, I'm, tell- I'm telling you this because I care, right? Mm-hmm. But when they just want to be consoled, like somebody likes they break up with them and they're just sad and they just want somebody to say everything is going to be okay, they're not going to come to me because that's not my superpower. But there are mm-hmm. other friends that I have that they'll go to because that they're really good at that, caring for them and just saying. For you, I feel yeah. like... Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is true about you, but when I look at your content, I just feel so happy, right? Like you just, <laughs> everything is okay. so bright and like, you know, you have this like really positive um, energy that you put out. And Okay, but I'm not like that all the time. Like I do have my, my happy moments. I do have my sad moments. Um, speaking of advice, I think people come to people go to you advice because do you for advice is because you are brutal, you're honest. <laughs> people come to me for advice. It's not because I know how to advise. I think it's because they know that I have been through things and I don't know. Some I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, because I tell them. them my story and because they they just want to, it, it's not, I don't think, because I never teach people how to do things. 
I don't. But I would tell them, okay, I have been through this and this mm. is my story and it's up to you to decide what you want to do. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think that is why. I think that's the um, best way to give advice though. Because if when you tell them to do something... Really? Nobody... I hope people tell me what to do though. So I don't <laughs> have to do something wrong. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's so different from me. I'm the opposite. And a lot of people I know, they don't like being told what to do. So, okay. <laughs> because you're a man, I'm a girl, I'm a woman, it's different. No, Maybe. a lot of women are like that too. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. But you should ask your friends, like, hey, like when you, for example, if, if they're going through a struggle, if they're feeling sad or they're feeling happy or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, why? why do you come to me for advice? Like, why, what is it like me versus somebody else that's close to you, to you also? Mm-hmm. Um, I did ask them before. Mm-hmm. I think it's because they say they trust that I won't. Cause I'm not the kind of person that would tell them it's wrong or it's right. Mm-hmm. I would say, this is what I did. It happened mm-hmm. to me. Uh, and this is what I think. Yeah. Uh, this is what I did back then. And it's up to you to learn from my experience. Maybe because I I did a lot of things. I learned. I I, I had my uh, bad moments. I had my I lost confidence. I I had my good moments too. I think it's because of my. It's not Wisdom. that I'm old and I have a lot of life experience, but I've experienced quite a number of things. Yeah. And girls my age, if they come to me and they ask me questions like that, it's usually. Because, I, yeah, maybe I experienced it and they feel like, oh, based on yeah. your experience, what do you think you would do? Yeah. And I wisdom doesn't necessarily come from age, I think. I mean, sometimes it does. We talked about it. It, mm-hmm. it also, because like, I don't, I'm sure I don't like think a, I'm the wisest person ever. I, <laughs> I give, I definitely not. Well, wisdom is, does come from life experience. So, for example, if I talk to like a 20 year old in North Korea, like that person will have a lot more life wisdom than like a 30 year old in South Korea who hasn't gone through as much <laughs> shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I understand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, know what I think for you, especially maybe it's because you're like younger that mm-hmm. they can, cause if I go to like a 50 year old person and try to talk about it they're gonna be like oh you're just young and like they're not gonna understand you from your point of view right but because mm-hmm. you're also younger maybe they feel like oh she's wise but she's my more age. relatable yeah yeah maybe and that. yeah and and in a, and you're gonna do it in a non-judgmental way right because yeah. i've been through it so i i understand why you're doing yeah. that or something like that yeah maybe it's that <laughs> And I think that is a personal brand. Like your personality is your personal brand. And I love how you put it in the beginning that you don't have to define it. Like just being yourself mm-hmm. already. And that's what I tell everybody. Like, don't try mm-hmm. to like craft this brand and say, oh, I stand for this and blah, 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 blah. Oh, and lock yeah. yourself and in. Consumers nowadays, they are. They're not stupid. They they know things because they've seen so much. They know. So if you try to be someone that you're not, people can tell that it's fake and it's very painful to watch. Like if people want to spend time on your social media, they want to spend time on your page. Just just try to give them something truthful, maybe. Like I said, not, not everything, but at least a real piece of yourself in there. And that is a lot more watchable a lot more digestible than you just being there's just too much fake stuff around the world now i guess and people's um Mm -hmm. i think people's like bullshit meter is so high now like they can tell (laughs) yeah yeah okay you call it the bullshit meter okay yeah honestly yeah true that people not stupid they can tell it's the sixth sense thing Mm. and if I, if I, every single day I just get out of bed and I was like, oh, I'm so pretty. I, I have my full on makeup. I mean, there are still people attracted to those kind of things just because they want to see uh, people like 
I, I don't dislike them. I don't dislike the Kardashians, but I can be quite sick some uh, it, some days or the models just watching them. It makes me feel so bad about myself. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am nothing. Mm-hmm. Because... It's a big problem, I think, in social media. Yeah, it's a big... Yeah, it is. For me, at least. Yeah. So I mean, like, I think it's for... You, you saw Social Dilemma, right? Like Yes, I did. <laughs> they kind of go into that. And yeah, I guess I think it's a big problem for younger people, especially. I think mm-hmm. for me and you, we probably grew up without social media. Mm-hmm. And then we were kind of all already kind of mature when we mm-hmm. got into it. So it's, it's, it's still manageable. Yes, we still compare ourselves to others do you, and, do you not do you honestly do you not feel it like do you not feel like oh you know you spend so much time curating your contents because i know you spend a lot of time your content i do my stuff like even a tiktok a bloody tiktok video took me what two three hours just for no wait four that was an <laughs> outfit changing thing it took me freaking four hours i hated it but i had to do it because client wanted it but i know how much time I would spend on the content and the fact that you have to curate your captions and how it looks like, you know, the swiping thing. And I, I know how much time it takes you and won't you be upset or compare yourself with other Instagrammers where they just, you know, I'm going to show my chest and they get what, 1 million, 2 million yeah. likes. Would you compare? Or I, I don't compare with them because I, I know why they I can kind of guess why they're they're popular, okay. right? How about those that you know that their contents are just not not as good, yeah. Just not as good, yeah. are they just all coffee the time? <laughs> or, yeah. But that's the thing, right? I think once you get into the comparison, and every day that happens to me, every single day, mm-hmm. it's like muscle memory. Oh my god, it happens to me too. <laughs> <laughs> every single day, it does. <laughs> I do feel shit all the time. It does. Like I said, I'm not always positive. You see that because, I don't know, because that's what I want to show you. That's real too. I'm like that. I I laugh and I smile. But it doesn't mean that I don't have my insecurities. I do. But that one day when you were doing the Instagram stories where you were talking about like um, the cat and like how, like Mm -hmm. all these like, messages dms you got about your cat like why are you doing this? yeah why don't you keep I'm, I'm not kidding so what happened yeah. was that there was a cat there was a stray cat in my house it came to my house because sometimes i would leave food out for stray cats outdoors because my area there are lots of stray cats i think it's a because it's a malay area uh a lot of people just breed cats and then they just let them out so i do have a couple of plates placed outside my house and the cats yeah. will often come in but there's one particular cat that cat wouldn't go out, wouldn't leave. It would come straight into the house. And I have a stray cat at home that I keep. And that cat, both of them fight. And it's bad fights. So they will have scratches. And I was asking someone to, anyone on social media to, you know, give this cat a home. Because the cat was on the floor. People said that, oh, why, you, why do you push the cat on the floor? You are ill-treating the cat. Uh you are so mean to the cat. Why don't you just keep it? And uh, you should just neuter the cat. I'm like, it's not my cat. Everything. Uh, you shouldn't put the cat outdoors. You shouldn't talk to the cat like so. You should touch the cat. like. Why? It's so much negativity. Everything that I did was wrong. And I get that all the time. If and you I expressed show- it on your like you yeah and i love that you did because you know i because not everything you put out is all like you know happy rainbows and unicorns like i i do see that side of you too which is what makes me more relate to you right i'm like oh yeah she's human too she gets annoyed just like everyone else she gets frustrated (laughs) like those character flaws is what makes the main characters of a movie great that that's what makes like people connect to that character and i think it's the same in social media yeah i well, i would agree to that but i i didn't think about that when i posted that i was just like i'm just angry so i, I yeah you were just being it. yourself yeah. Mm, yeah one thing about social media is that because when you talk to your phone you don't know uh, 
thousands of people are staring at you, you would just be like, you know, it's just me and my phone. So there is a closeness to it. You feel like it's your friend that you're talking to. So it doesn't feel so intimidating. But now someone like you tells me that, oh, I feel like you're human. I'm a bit, I'm a bit like, eh, okay. You're, I'm not, just gonna... you're not gonna but post honestly, it anymore. After I did that, after I talked about it, I still receive a lot of messages telling me I shouldn't complain. Like, what am I? Why do I complain about everything? No matter what you do, yeah. people will complain. Yeah. People will judge. People will talk about it. So yeah. I guess uh, sometimes you shouldn't care that much. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I value. There are certain opinions that I value, and there mm -hmm. are certain opinions that I don't value. Right. So mm -hmm. I think you need a lot to be of people a good compass yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you think yeah. social media has helped you? in your career like oh, um a hundred and one percent true story nowadays when we act mm -hmm. uh so we have a form to fill up what movies you've done you have to upload your um filmography you have to upload your video send them your video and below everything it's social media engagement how many followers you have on instagram how many followers you have on facebook how many followers you have on youtube it's numbers. Mm. Why? Because it's a business. Acting mm. is a business. Showbiz is a business. They need to submit it to the investors and the investors will look at the numbers and they will know how much money they throw in and how much they would get back. For example, if I have 33 followers, 33 followers will watch it. So mm. it's, it's business. And they will know how much to pay me based on that. Yeah. So I, I think it, that's kind of what a lot of people don't understand is that it's it's the same for speakers, right? Like if if, if a conference has like a speaker on on their stage, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like they are gonna base it on like how many followers they have on social media because yeah. this is the audience that they're gonna attract, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I see actors and actresses going in the future, musicians, all of them is that mm -hmm. in the old days, the, like the movie studio or the, the TV, they advertise and they bring in the audience. Mm -hmm. But I feel like now every cast member there is, are the ones that are bringing, I'm going to watch this uh, show because of yeah. COVID. I'm going to watch this. Yeah, program. of course. I'm not sure if you know about this phenomenon in China. In China, uh, films, are, uh, episodes are edited very quickly. So we will act because uh, I did a couple of series in China. So, and I roughly know how they work. So we will act. And I think it's like that in Korea too, if I'm not mistaken, they will act and then they will not. So scripts will be written, but it's not fully. Uh, mm, they can yeah. change it based on the people's comments yeah. online. So yeah, people will watch online. They will comment. And that's why they're so the popular. Viewers, exactly. <laughs> if the viewers hate this guy, that. The next episode, that guy's gonna yeah. die because the viewers. <laughs> not kidding, really. And um, it, it's a thing in China, and the viewers would determine who because they are the fan base are so huge, and they. Who do you care if you are an investor? If you are the producer, do you care about the viewers or do you care about the story? Of course, I care about the viewers, and um. Nowadays, there are so much TV dramas online that the viewers only watch whoever they want to watch. So for an example, if I like actor A, I'm just going to watch actor A's scenes. I'm just going to watch it quickly, uh, forward everything. And then when it's the actor's scene, I would just pause and watch his scene. This is why Chinese dramas, when they have a TV drama, their story is not really full. It's a couple of stories and they join into one. Usually, olden days dramas, everything is together and there is one lead. Nowadays, there's about four leads. Mm. And four leads have four different love stories. And each and every one is just, they, they don't really intertwine with, with each other. It's mm. not like modern family. It's, it's <laughs> different stories. And then only towards the end, they come together uh. because of the audience. And yeah, the audience I don't really have watch a say. Uh-huh. The audience is the ones that are scripting the 
show basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there are too, the, too many of them. The, the I think that's so a good balance though. Because I think if you give the audience whatever they want, it mm-hmm. kind of ruins the art, right? But then if you just... Then that, yeah. that is when movie comes in. This is only TV dramas. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So where do you go from here? Like, uh, what are your kind of dreams <laughs> and aspirations? What are you most excited about right now, first of all? I know there's not... <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm excited for the year to end. This year, because of COVID-19... Um, to be very honest with you, I lost six jobs, six uh, productions. So TV, movies, six of them, all gone. I only did two productions this year. Uh, so it's actually quite bad in Malaysia. Uh, a couple of our main magazine uh, companies, a couple of them, like we have our own world we have our own female magazine everything closed down uh we are only left with a couple of big magazines um and uh showbiz is not doing well so what's gonna happen i don't know actually uh i am going to learn a new language next year i am going to continue do what to continue doing what i do Oh, I'm going to venture into YouTube. I'm starting on it uh, because I am kind of tired of Instagram because Instagram feels like, I feel like people don't really know me on Instagram. I think people Mm. only see a tenth of me on Instagram, Mm. but on YouTube, you can't lie. Uh, People have to sit there and watch you for like 10 to 12 minutes. It's, It's you there. And if you can come up with good content, I feel like it's a lot more satis- it's, it's a lot more satisfactory, I think. It makes me feel a lot mm. better about the things that I put out. So I'm going to YouTube. Is that like what you're uh, excited about right now, doing YouTube? Um, <laughs> not really. Not really excited, excited, no. I'm actually, I'm actually kind of chilled this year. Maybe because, okay, one thing about me is that when I do things, I don't try to, I don't try to find a goal where, you know what, I have to hit this goal by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Some people do that, that motivates them. I don't do that because if I expect some too much out of something, I get a lot of disappointment and I stop mm-hmm. doing it. It's that sore loser me coming out. Yeah. So, I would just do it. I won't stop. I will keep doing it, but I won't expect too much from it. So if I look forward to YouTube a lot and I'm so excited doing it, when I upload the video, I expect a certain number of views. Mm. So I don't do that. Yeah. I only focus on like whatever I want to put out there. As long as I know that it's, it's things that I'm, I'm happy about, I can put out there. And I just not expect too much out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe and that's that why you... Going resonated with my content because I'm like that too. I, I, when I have, when I set too specific of a goal or mm-hmm. like think about the outcome, mm-hmm. it makes me lose, uh, it, like it makes me lose like being present. But when I don't think about that, mm-hmm. I can be present. I can focus on the thing that's in front of me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, I think, it's the same with people. My mom used to tell me, because I was bullied in school, uh, people boycott me, they didn't like to talk to me. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, mom, I was so nice to them. Why are they treating me like this? She's like, people don't owe you a duty to be good to you. Besides your family members and your loved ones, no one owe you a duty to be good to you. You be good to them because you are a good person and you should be. But then don't expect something in return. And it's the same if you want to do anything in life, do that because you want to do it and you feel like, okay, this is something I would like doing. Persevere, but don't expect yourself to be Steve Jobs one day because you will not be. Yeah. You just, it's your own pace. It's your own journey. I love that. 
I love, yeah, I think that's like a great advice to end on. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. Okay. That's something my mom said. <laughs> well, do you, is there anything, any advice that you would, not advice, but any, anything that you've learned that you want to say to the audience? I think um, back to the whole topic about personal branding you said today. Um, don't try to define yourself too early on. Don't try to want to be someone. If you like learning, if you like trying out new things, just go ahead, try it, do it. Uh, don't just do, aha, uh-huh, I said this in my TEDx um, talk i feel like human we are all like a tree you know a tree would only be beautiful if you have a thick trunk and you have lots of branches that branch out from the trunk and then you have it makes you a beautiful tree right but if you're just a tree so so try to imagine the trunk is your main profession uh if you are like you are an Uh, you are a designer so you do your own design properly you do your own studies very well you complete your studies and that makes you a designer but that doesn't mean you cannot be a painter you cannot be a singer and those are your branches and if you only focus on one thing and you do one thing only if I only am an actress and that is my main trunk I'm just an actress and that's it And my tree would just be a trunk and nothing else. Mm. But if I am an actress and I'm a singer and I do this and that, I have a, I have a lot of branches that branch out from that tree. And that makes me a very beautiful tree. And life should be like that. And to each their own. Every tree is different. You can have two branches. You can have five. You can have six. But make sure you do it when you do everything. Try to do your best and try to persevere to the end. And not just... just do everything and then stop after the second day. That's not what this whole thing is about. Mm. Yeah. I think Don't you also said based on one thing. You also said you can't just be the leaves without the, the trunk. Oh, I also said that. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just, I want to be everything. I want to be a singer today. I want to be yeah. a, a carpenter tomorrow an engineer the day after you just be the trunks and the leaves that will make you a bush. Yeah. Not true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that analogy. So, <laughs> I well, came up with that randomly at night, I think, because I was trying to <laughs> trying to describe it based on something that people can see and feel instead of just just an idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you might not know it yet, but I do think probably some good came out of this year. Um, you started, you, you went back on YouTube, which I think is... Oh, yeah. Well, I guess so. I happened. spent so much time with my parents. I feel like, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like a kid again. Because, um, because I used to work and travel a lot. I never used to get to spend much time with my parents. And I spent so much time with them right now. I feel like I talk like them and I walk like them. It's so... <laughs> But which is great. Um, They're getting a lot older and I don't think I'll ever, if it's not the COVID, I don't think I w- I'll be able to spend as much time with them. So I guess mm-hmm. 10 years down the road, I would say, you know, I'll tell my kids one day and say, you know what? It was a year. I spent the entire year with my family and it was so good. Yeah. It's a story to tell one day. This year, I would say like everyone took a break. It's a detoxing system for everyone. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see. It may see, not be uh, the best year, but it's okay. But <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, you, you never know, right? Your, the story isn't, isn't written yet. Um, I'm excited yeah. to see where you go from here in 2021. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, And I'm excited to, to see you grow too. You are growing so quickly. How many, how many followers do you have on Instagram right now? What, 35,000? When I first knew about you, you had 11. <laughs> That's yeah. true. And I yeah. was like, whoa, this guy, more people have to know about <laughs> Oh, thank you. 
So yeah, for people to kind of follow you on this journey, where where can they find you? Uh, <laughs> Instagram, What? Facebook, YouTube. Uh, you can follow me on Koyit. It's at K-O-E-Y-E-E-T. And I'll put all the links in the show notes. Um, I'll put your TED Talk there too, so people can watch it. Okay, And yeah, sure. Thank you so much you for so having much. me. Thank you for I being here. I love this here. conversation. This doesn't feel like a, this is like a friendly chat rather than like a podcast podcast. And I was so nervous about this. <laughs> no, I told you there's nothing yeah. to be nervous about. Yeah, and, and yeah. hopefully we can do it again. Kind of, of course. you know, we can give everybody Anytime. updates. Anytime. Let's talk about relationships next time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on a different podcast. I should, do I should do it. <laughs> you should do one. Yeah. Just for family and relationships. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll start one. You should. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. See you around. Stay safe. Bye, Koyit. Bye.